Some call him Twitch Dad, some call him That Four Dummies Guy, and some call him a pioneer. My guest today is T. Morris, and he's in rare company, having been podcasting for over 15 years. Aside from writing Podcasting for Dummies, he's also written many other books, fiction and nonfiction, including Twitch for Dummies and Discord for Dummies, and more titles than I could list right now. For step-by-step instructions, go check out his books. For backstory and a glimpse behind the scenes, then listen to this episode. I sat down with T not once, but twice because I had so much fun with him. Again, if you're looking for every tip and tactic on how to run a successful podcast, then this probably isn't your episode. But if you want to listen to a story about someone who's been podcasting from the very beginning for the love of the craft, then you're going to want to hear T's story. In this episode, we talk about why he doubted if writing a Four Dummies book was a good idea. He candidly shares his journey as a podcaster from the early days. He was literally the first podcaster to read a novel cover to cover. And we explore why he's fallen in love with Twitch and why he believes more podcasters should do the same. We talk a lot about that streaming platform and streaming in general. I think probably the thing I appreciate most is T's not doing this for the money. He's doing it for the love, which is what this show is all about. His fourth edition of Podcasting for Dummies will be out November 10th, and he'll share a sneak peek into some of the new additions. I had an absolute blast having this conversation, and T's passion is infectious, so let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the conversation. T, welcome to For the Love of Podcast. It is a pleasure to be here, Billy. I saw your LinkedIn post a couple days ago, and I'm like, okay, I want to know how deep dive he went into this research on me. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think I did a decent job. Let me start by saying this. Okay. I come in peace, and let me just show you what I mean by that. Oh, my God. I'm going to brace myself here. This ought to be good. Okay. I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ashamed to call myself a dummy. There you go. My people, my people. (laughs) This right here, brother, is gold. And here's what I'll say. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't read it cover to cover like I do most books. Right. And that's, and you suggest that you suggest that. And part of the reason why is I'll just be super flat out honest with you. I had five interviews this week. I read a lot of it. And also I went on your website and I read your blogs. And one of the blogs that I read talked about your experience as an author of a four dummy book. And I want to start there. Okay. You talked in a very vulnerable way. You shared how at a point in your life, you started to debate if it was a good decision to write a four dummy book on podcasting. Tell us that story about when you were at that conference and what happened. Okay. So first off, I got to tell you, I cannot take full credit for podcasting for dummies. As you see on the cover, first edition was, you know, I did it with my buddy, Evo Terra. And then from second edition all the way to the current edition, it's been me and Chuck Tomasi. And Chuck is very much a part of this whole oeuvre, this whole experience. I can honestly say the book would not be as good as it is without Chuck's voice in there. The incident you're talking about is in a blog post called Embracing the Dummy and Me. And we go all the way back to the beginning, like 2006, maybe even 2007. I was at a conference. I had been hired by a client to basically give a talk about podcasting. And it was really exciting. I was thrilled. You know, it was was wall-to-wall people. They all wanted to know, what is this podcasting thing that people are doing? I did my talk. I love doing talks about 
not just podcasting, but social media, streaming media, all that different stuff. I'm actually heading to the entrance because I'm going to pick up a taxi and, and leave. And I happened to see podcasting class happening here because there was another conference in the conference center. So I walk up and I go, the instructors are ushering people in and I just walk up and I go, hi, how are you? My name's T Morris and I'm the guy that wrote podcasting for dummies. And the guy just looked at me. and was like, what do you want? And I went, just wanted to come in and say, hi, introduce myself. There are no dummies here. And I said, I just wrote this book. I'm a big advocate of podcasting. And I, you didn't hear me. There are no dummies here. And, and I was like, okay, you have a good class. And I walked away. I was like, what the F was that all about? That kind of started a downward spiral for me because I would be petitioning myself as a speaker for keynotes or any kind of talks about podcasting. And it really shocked me how people just passed on me. I had the experience behind me back in and this is like 2006, 2007, 2008. I've been there since the beginning. I spoke at the podcast and portable media expo when they kept renaming it until it finally became blog world. And I I've spoken at the, the library of Congress about this stuff. I've spoken around the world on this stuff, but what I saw when I, when I brought myself as a potential speaker was we don't want you. We don't want a for dummies author that, that sends the wrong message. What we want is someone who can talk about monetization. We want someone who can talk about how to get sponsorship. We want, and it was all about the greenbacks. Mm. I get it. I get it. It's all about the greenbacks. The problem I have is that the people that we're bringing in, they had maybe three podcasts, like podcast episodes. And suddenly they're given a keynote on podcasting. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I traced it all back to the fact that I was a dummies author and I, and I really started getting downtrodden about it, but where it turned around for me was 2014, 2014, 2015. I get a royalty check for podcasting for dummies, the second edition. And I was like, huh, well, you know, it must've been a spike. No big deal. You know, that happens. You know, sometimes books get a spike and I totally get that. And that's t- totally cool. Next quarter comes in. I get another check and it's bigger. And I'm like, all right, maybe it was two spikes, right? Two spikes. Okay, sure. On the third check, which was double the last check, I said, all right, all right, time, time out, time the F out that what's going on. And so I call my editor, my, the chief editor over, over Wiley Publishing, Steve Hayes. And I haven't talked to him in over a decade. I haven't spoken to him in 10 years. And I said, Hey, Steve, this is a voice from the past. This is T Morris. And the phone was quiet for maybe a few seconds. And he goes, we were just talking about you today. The, when the top publisher of any to-do books in the world says, we were talking about you today, I'm like, okay. And they were like, yeah, we kind of noticed that this 10-year-old book is getting a second wind. Do you want to do a third edition? Mm. And I said, let me think. Yes. <laughs> so, I, so I called Chuck and I go, Chuck, we're up. And he was like, hot damn. And, you know, and we worked out the contract and the third edition was truly an overhaul because it had been almost 10 years between sure. the second and third edition. So much had changed. And we just, it was like, it had good bones, but we gutted the place. And then we, we, we put in right. new furniture and you kept the studs, but it was pretty much a, a pretty region. much. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Was, the city wouldn't let you take the whole thing down. You had to keep the studs up just to make sure that it had the bones. It was a historical site. So we had to keep the bones up, but I'm telling you what, the kitchen is all modern now. <laughs> and we had a ball just going through this going, dear God, this is different. This is different. And we just, we just gutted the whole thing. 
And around that time, after I had launched third edition of podcasting for dummies, I pitched to them Twitch for dummies. Mm. Be the first one to say it. I was new to Twitch. It was a money grab. It started off as a money grab. I'm like, you know, I might as well strike the fire uh, while the iron's hot. And then I started to hear in the Twitch community how excited people were getting about the fact that there was going to be a Twitch for dummies book. Yeah. Like, holy cow, we've arrived, you know? And, <laughs> and I'm like, really? And then I started to talk to people. I actually interviewed a lot of a lot of high-end and, and low-end streamers about what they do and why they do it. And then it stopped being a quick money grab, and it became my love letter to this brand new platform that had really kind of energized me into figuring out how it fit into podcasting, how much fun it was, on the edge of technology sort of thing. And it just snowballed. And then suddenly I found myself with Twitch for Dummies in my hand. And then I said, well, guys, I'm, I'm working on a new platform called Discord for Dummies. Are you interested? And they were like, bring it, T. So... I have basically had, this is the first time at the, the close of podcasting for dummies, the fourth edition. This is the first time since 2017. I have not had a contract. I've not had an active contract with Wiley. They have kept me writing books for the past three years. Wow. When discord came out, I was like, I'm pretty freaking proud of this. I'm pretty freaking proud of this. And yes, I have gotten pushback. Now I'm getting pushback of a different sort though, along with being the dummies author, I'm also getting pushback from people who are saying that I'm doing it as a get rich quick. And the funny thing is, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Right. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look, you must've missed the section in Twitch where the subheader in Twitch for dummies says, don't quit your day job. That's literally word for word what the title is. And people think that I'm doing a get rich quick. And I know I want people to avoid some of the pitfalls that I've run into. I've written this also for me just to give myself a reference. And right now what I'm crossing my fingers on is that Twitch for dummies which was just recently featured with podcasting for dummies, the third edition in a humble bundle that was featured at the top tier. And I was the only author that had two books in this Wiley publishing package where it was uh, about how to become an influencer. Mm. I asked my communities, I said, so if this is how to become an influencer, does that mean that I'm an influencer in with influencers? I'm just asking for a friend. Uh, hashtag authentic, hashtag blessed. When I wrote Discord for Dummies, that's when I really came to grips with the fact that this is the top publisher of how-to books in the world. And when people make jokes about how-to books, they always say like, well, you know, case in point, this, um, this gentleman is going into, into politics for the first time. He's assuming the most powerful seat in American politics. It's okay. He's got a copy of Politics for Dummies. Something like that. They would say something for dummies. The term for dummies is thrown around so much online and elsewhere. Wiley actually has a legal team that looks for instances of this. Oh, interesting. And they, they basically say, yeah, you can't do that. It's pop culture at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they also get it. It's like, okay, let's see how it's used because it is a, it's a pop culture thing. I'm part of that. And I had a chance to actually talk with some of the previous authors and editors of the For Dummies line at Book Expo America in like 2006 when the very first edition was coming out. And I got to speak to a doctor in physics who mm -hmm. was on the eighth edition at that time, the eighth edition of Astronomy for Dummies. But these were the people that I was affiliated with. These are your peers. Yeah. Let me read something real quick. The authors include, this is the end of your blog post, include PhD in physics and mathematics, leading voices in computer technology, artists of all disciplines. All of them, their expertise and their experiences are brought to life through these books. 
And not only are you associated with them and these top tier authorities, but the Wiley Publishing and the Four Dummies books, they know you're an author that you can trust. To me, when I saw that you're a Four Dummies author, I thought, wow, this guy must know his <laughs> This guy must know his This guy is the person I want to talk to because why else would they pick? It took me a long, long time to come to grips with that. A long time. And it shouldn't have taken me that long. As I said in that blog post, that's when I realized when Discord, for, when we were wrapping up on Discord for Dummies, that's when I realized I'm not the problem. They're the problem. Right. If they want to have somebody that does the, here's the fast track on getting rich in podcasting. Well, one, unless your name is Joe Rogan or Michelle Obama, that ain't happening. Second, podcasting is not as easy as people make it out to be. In the fourth edition, there was something where Chuck and I were kind of, I said, this hill I'm going to die on, Chuck, because Chuck wanted me to take this one phrase out. And I was like, no, I want that to be in writing where I said, podcasting isn't hard, but podcasting isn't easy. And like I said, it took me a while to come to this Jesus moment. And now it's a matter of, okay, well, what am I doing next for, for, for the for Dummies people? Because I genuinely love doing these books. I genuinely love it. And the highest compliment anybody has given me about these books is they say the thing we love about your For Dummies book that included Twitch For Dummies, Discord For Dummies, and Podcasting For Dummies is that they are thorough. Like they said, we have a question. That's so comprehensive, brother. Yeah. Was, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is this the comprehensiveness? If there's anything, I was just, because I did a press release and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm going to check to see, make sure there's press release in here. And it was, and we're going to talk about that, but it's like everything is thought of. And we're going to talk about a table of contents because I know that's where you, I know that's where you start. But yeah, I mean, dude, it's true. Super, super thorough. But I'll tell you a funny story about the actual book itself. So basically I was podcasting what would become the first novel to be podcast from cover to cover. And in the middle of that, the agent that made the, the, the podcasting for dummies book happen, she reached out to all of her authors and said, does anybody know anything about this thing called podcasting? And I was the only person that said, yeah, I'm doing it right now. And they said, we need an outline for a nonfiction how-to podcasting book. I said, okay, do you mind if I bring in a friend? And she goes, yeah. So I reached out to Evo. I said, you want to write a book on podcasting? I'll handle like the performance aspect of it. And you'll handle all the technical aspect of it. Cause Evo was really big into the technical aspect of it, you know, creating RSS and things like that. And Evo was like, absolutely. So we put together an outline. We sent it to the agent. Agent comes back. T you need to redo this. So we redid it, sent it in. It comes back a second time. You need to redo this. Evo and I are getting a little testy about it, but we're going ahead and we do this. It comes back a third time. She said, T, you need to follow the template that I sent you. And I said, what template? And she was like, oh, I forgot to send the template. Hold on. She then sends the template. I opened the file. And at that moment, when I saw John Wiley and Sons template for For Dummies books, that's when I found out that we were pitching a For Dummies book. Mm. And as I'm reading it, the phone rings. <laughs> I don't even have to look at the caller ID. I pick it up. I hit answer and I go, no, Evo. I didn't know it was a for dummies book. And he was like, we need to get this right now. And literally we stayed on the phone and we talked through it. We sent it in. And that was how we landed this gig. Wow. That was how we landed this gig. And, Amazing. And it was, but it, I tell you what, I really would have liked to have known at the beginning of that process that it was a for dummies book we were pitching. Well, maybe it's better you didn't though, man. And who knows? The biggest difference between for dummies and other nonfiction books, because I have done other nonfiction books. Matter of fact, earlier in the summer, 
my wife and I just wrote the second edition of Social Media for Writers, mm-hmm. which is basically strategy across a bunch of different platforms. The difference between writing that kind of book and writing for dummies book is the dummies folks have a formula. They have a, a template. You got to have like tips. You got to have technical stuff. You got to have warnings. You got to do all that. There's a system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a system to it. And it's what makes a dummy's book a dummy's book. And sure. then they also basically said, oh yeah, and if you want to throw in some pop cultural references, go for it. Yeah. And I will say this, Chuck and I have pushed and pushed and pushed. And when it makes to, to the final print, we're like, we can't believe we got away with that. So, I mean, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to write a dummy's book as well. But yeah, that's, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been an adventure, been quite an adventure. And, you know, look at that point where you had this instance where you're kind of questioned and this guy is a total dick, let's face it, you know, and, and he's just, people can have that impact on you. And it's, it's a shame that we as human beings, we all have the vulnerability to allow another human being to negatively change our, our thinking, our mindset. And, and sometimes it takes years to mm-hmm. overcome and to bounce back, but you did bounce back. I'll read the last line of your blog post. Okay. You said, my name is T Morris. I'm a four dummies author and I'm pretty damn proud of it. And I think it's really, really important to remember all the things that you've said so far, because you are a voice, you are a pioneer, you're a pioneer in a lot of things. Let's talk about streaming, because I know that's a big, big part of this new edition. Yeah. And it's a big part of what you're doing. Give us the flavor of what we should be thinking about when it comes to how we can best leverage streaming as a podcaster. So to understand why this is important. You got to go back in time. <laughs> okay. Get in the DeLorean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get in the DeLorean. Make, make sure you hit 88 miles an hour. Marty, 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 Marty. <laughs> when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious <laughs> This is a quick tangent. Every time I do a Christopher Lloyd impersonation, I feel like, wait, this is the guy from Taxi, right? <laughs> and we're supposed to take him seriously as, as a Klingon commander. Admiral Kirk, you will not hand over the Genesis device? <laughs> Okie doke. You know, I mean, <laughs> anyway, thanks. I'll be here all night. Try the meal. So you go back in time to the uh, early days and there was a piece of software, software slash online service that promised people the ability to do live podcasting. In other words, they had an audience in chat and you could output it as an MP3 at the very end, but you could take questions. People could call in. It would be just like a, like, like an actual radio show. And I could never get it to work. Mm. And what ticked me off was when I brought it to their attention and they said, you need a better computer. And at the time I had the top of the line Mac and I'm sitting there going, this is a done issue. I gave them all the specs of my computer. I sent them in and they were like, okay, so obviously you've got more than enough juice to run this. We'll get back to you. That was 2007. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting. (laughs) <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. There were some people who loved this service. There are people who hated the service. And when Chuck asked me, do we want to write about this? Uh, uh, when we were in the second edition, I said, absolutely not. I refused to because I couldn't get it to work. And I was not going to endorse something that I couldn't get to work, you know, but that was the thing. Live podcasting was such a thing. People wanted desperately to do that. And the closest we could come to it was actually doing live podcasts from like on location recordings, but it was never in real time. Fast forward to the third edition and there were people on Twitch that were doing podcasts and the way they were defining podcasts were, yeah, we're going to go on, we're going to record a show, we're going to chit chat, we're going to take questions from chat, and then we're going to upload it on YouTube. 
And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's your RSS feed? <laughs> you know, where's your RSS feed? Where do I download this so I can listen to it on my own time? I didn't want to be that guy. So I started to open my mind to the possibilities. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wanted to say, okay, well, where could I make this work in my workflow? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first pitched it to my wife, because we do a podcast called The Shared Desk. Mm. And that's at thesharedesk.com. And I said to her, I want to stream it. And she said, oh, I don't think I want to do that. And I said, just try it and let me know what you think. And within 10 minutes, she was mugging to the camera. She was talking to chat. She was loving it because there was now this interaction, this really vibrant interaction that you had where people would come to your stream and they would ask you questions in real time about the topic you were covering. And what was really cool about it was, is that we could go in ahead and run our recording software and record it. But if something went wrong, we could go back to the stream, download it as an M4V, strip it from the audio, edit the audio, you got a podcast. Yeah. So you literally had a backup recording already there. And the promises that we got from this other software back in 2006, 2007, it's happening now. And it's happening with pot. And, and it's been so popular at Twitch that people are recording podcasts that there's now an entire subdirectory called talk shows and podcasts. It's now become part of the workflow for me. I will get on with the guys for happy hour from the tower. We will record and we will stream it and people will ask us questions and we will take them in real time, provided they are, they are relevant to the topic that we're talking about. That's where I think some people get a little thrown by is that they're, they're worried that, well, what if the audience isn't there? What if they want to talk about something different? Well, that's when you have to step in as a moderator and go, the topic is, and you got to remind them what the topic is. And then people will talk intelligently, hopefully about what your show topic is. And I remember there was an interview I had a few months ago where the guy's like, yeah, I've thought about getting in streaming, but I don't want to start over again. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Everybody starts from somewhere. There have been plenty of times where I have asked myself, and I'm the author of Podcasting for Dummies, and I ask myself, is anybody really listening to this podcast? And it really does. It, it sometimes is, is tough because you see the success stories like Lore. You see the success stories like Welcome to Nightville. You see Michelle Obama, Joe Rogan, all these people just hitting it huge. Right, right. And then here you are with your podcast and you're in the back of mind, you're thinking, is anybody really listening? Right. Am I speaking to the wind? Right exactly. Now? And there have been times, it's a talk that I've been pushing to TwitchCon and I am determined one day I'm going to give it. Actually, I would rather have it be a live talk where I talk about streaming or podcasting to an audience of zero because it's happened to me before. And it's disheartening, especially when you see the... In streaming, the one thing I really don't like about streaming is you the numbers are always forward-facing, so you've got to deal with it. And I've seen those numbers tick down in those early days. Five viewers, three viewers, one viewer, zero. So do I just quit and walk away from it for the day? No, I stream like I've got 100 people watching. And that's the way you have to approach podcasting, streaming, anything – and trust me, your audience will find you. You do still need to publicize. You still need to let people know, I'm going live, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah, sure, you have to do that. It's going to blow your mind when somebody, and it happened this week, somebody reached out during a stream and said, oh, you know, you guys are doing the shared desk this weekend. I love watching the shared desk. It's so much fun. And I'm like, okay, the perks you take, if I can get one person to react, that means I can get two. Mm-hmm. If I can get two people to react, eventually I'll get four. And 
the reason I tell people always stream like you've got a large audience in front of you is because one day it might happen when you least expect it, especially in streaming. And when it happens, you can't choke. Mm-hmm. You got to right. still be, you gotta be prepared. You've got to be prepared. And when it happens, you can play it up. I mean, the first time I got a massive raid during a stream, and that's when people take a community from one stream and they drop it into your, your stream. It was so much fun. I was beside myself. I was actually doing a charity stream and suddenly my stream goes bonkers. I mean, it's saying I have a hundred people watching. Then I have 200 people. Then it goes up to 400. Then it went past a thousand. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And I was getting ready to end the stream because I was afraid I was getting what, and there's, there is a term because let's be honest, it's the internet. So there are everywhere. And there's this thing called bot rating. And that is where people basically, they fluff up your numbers and you think you're being rated, but it's just random bots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it's streaming or podcasting or what, whatever medium, it's the internet. They're going to be dicks everywhere. I was getting ready to wrap it up and I get a private message from somebody saying, this is a legit raid. You're being raided by a guy named Markiplier. He's doing a reverse charity stream. And what he was doing was he was picking people at random. And this is a guy who has 2.5 million viewers and he was sending people at random to different places going help them hit their charity goals and me and my buddy had a goal of five hundred dollars for the month of october within the first week we had raised five thousand dollars wow because these random people just showed up and it was all legit it was all real and here i was with an audience of 2500 people watching me in real time since we cleared $5,000, I said, okay, I'm going to make this worth your while. I'm going to shave my beard. So on live streaming, I'm shaving my beard. <laughs> I'm talking through the process. And I asked my wife to monitor the stream because I, it was really tough for me to, to shave and talk to chat. And she started tearing up. I said, what is it? She said, T, there are people here that are saying things like, I'm trans. I was kicked out of my house and I'm making a transition and I never knew how to shave properly. But now Twitch dad, and that's where the that's where it clicked. That's how the moniker happened. Right? That's that's how the moniker happened. Twitch dad is teaching me stuff that I needed to know. And other people were chiming in on, yeah, this is the first time I actually feel like I could ask him any question. And I said, Well, go ahead, ask me away. They go, Do you use lotion? Do you use this? And then that became the birth of Twitch Dad. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by you always have to be ready because you never know when your podcast is going to go completely bonkers. You never know when your stream is going to be completely bonkers. But most importantly, if you're streaming or podcasting to be the next Dr. Lupo, to be the next Ninja, to be the next Joe Rogan, or to be the next Welcome to Night Vale, I already think like you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It goes back to the title of this show. If the passion about what you're doing isn't there, there's no reason for anybody to listen. And people pick up on that. They know when people are phoning it in. So you just have to always, always have that drive and that passion. It should hurt when you have to walk away from the microphone. It should hurt when you have to wrap up a stream. Because that's how you know you're passionate about it. Mm. The money is not the reason I've been doing this for 15 years, okay? I'll just be straight up with you. It is not for the big money. It is because I genuinely love doing this. And I always look for the next thing to do. It is about the love and that's what people need to realize. That's why I titled the show what I titled it because it has to be from the heart and you got to love it. And I wanted to be real with people about 
the fact that if you're getting into this with a false expectation to be the next Joe Rogan, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not saying you can't make money or do other things that will be generating income, all of that. Yes, you can do all those things. That's ancillary to is your heart and passion in it? And do you believe in what you're doing? And is it coming from a place of wanting to give? And I think the universe will reward people that give. Speaking of giving, I want to give people that maybe are unfamiliar with Twitch, but also unfamiliar with how to get started with streaming outside of Twitch. If they want to stream on LinkedIn, or if they want to stream wherever they want to stream, if they want to use StreamYard. I mean, there's so many different options out there. I'm sure it could be a bit overwhelming. And what would you say for somebody just getting started out? What are their options? What should they be looking at? And give us a a little bit of a flavor of how they can best approach streaming. So in the flow of the book, Twitch for Dummies, I literally start from, this is how you stream from a console, because that was how I got started. Gaming console. Gaming console. PS4, PS5 soon, Xbox. The service is already plugged in. And literally, you just go in and you can say, broadcast my... And they don't call it streaming. They say broadcast my gameplay. Just for those that don't know, Twitch, it's a, for the gamer. It was. Uh, right, it, it was. It was. Okay, good. So now it's an entirely different ball game. Case in point, remember the recent Dragon launch with the, with the manned space crew? Mm-hmm, of course. I watched it on NASA's Twitch channel. NASA has a Twitch channel. The Society for the Preservation of the American Eagle has a Twitch channel. The freaking All Blacks, go All Blacks, they have a Twitch channel. Uh, you don't know yeah, who the yeah. All Blacks are. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. You're married to a Kiwi, so you have I, an unfair advantage. I, but yes, I know the All Blacks have been to New Zealand. I've spent a month there. And let me tell you, the New Zealand Kiwi culture is unlike any culture. And the, actually, I'll, I'll tell you one better. There's a guy who does one thing. He does. He streams one day a week from, from New Zealand. This big Maori dude. And he is so popular, not just in New Zealand, but worldwide, Jacinda Ardern, the prime freaking minister, watches his stream and showed up one day and crashed his stream and said, can you do the hair flip for us? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll do the hair flip. And he took his hair out. He's got long hair. And I mean, and and this guy basically says, you don't have to sub to my channel. You don't have to sub. But if you want to follow, that's great. He has 1.2 million follows and he's already partnered and he streams one day a week and he doesn't even stream. He streams woodworking. And he's doing Maori carvings. He's doing all kinds of different stuff. But that's the thing. Twitch, once upon a time, it was a breakaway from another streaming service called Justin TV. And Justin TV was all kinds of different things. But the gaming aspect of Justin TV was so big, it broke off on its own and became Twitch. Twitch has now gone back to the Justin TV formula. And now Twitch is, you can go on there and see people no longer gaming. They're doing artwork. They're doing music. They're doing advocacy. They're doing all this different types of stuff. And it's really given you a voice. But what I tell people when, they, when you start streaming is, is, okay, first off, watch other people stream. Right. Watch other people stream first just to see, because I'm telling you, it is not as easy as people make it out to be. Anybody who says streaming is easy has never streamed before. Because in my early streams, to give perspective, this September marks the third year of me as a streamer. I had tried streaming earlier, and my biggest problem was before I do this, one, I don't have a camera, so I feel like I should have a camera on me because that reminds me that I'm streaming. Because two, I noticed in my two early trial streams, I was forgetting to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And even if there's zero, again, if there's zero people in your chat, you talk like there's a hundred. 
you figure out you find out things like, hey yeah so last night i started watching the boys on amazon anybody watching this oh my god the boys is amazing you start talking about it you build on that so that when people come to your stream there is active talking but in my early streams i would forget that so there would be these long gaps where i'd be like oh wait i'm streaming aren't i yeah i'm streaming hi everybody <laughs> but if you're not a gamer, you're kind of jumping into the deep end because, because now instead of the game sort of being a catalyst for you to react and to do different things, it's whatever you're, you're streaming in that moment. And granted, if you're podcasting, that's your catalyst. If you're woodworking, that's your catalyst. Whatever you're doing in the stream, and, even the, 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 and one of the biggest uh, categories in streaming is just chatting. And there are some gamers who are now going all the way over there and and they're starting to just do just chat sessions where they're talking mm -hmm. about their lives or talking about they're letting people in how do those do the just chat they ones? do great oh they do great i mean when you look at the top five categories you know you'll see like Fortnite. you'll see the new game du jour whichever new game that is like right now it's probably marvel avengers there's a uh, dota which is a um a round based game there's league of legends another big game call of duty things like that but then in the top 10 consistently is just chatting. And these are people that are doing whatever they want. And yes, there are terms of service. So you can't do whatever you want that Twitch is trying to keep, keep a handle on that. There is some weird stuff in the darker corners of Twitch. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, like you said, it, it'll always find its place, right? It'll always find its place, but, but where you have to be careful. And this is where I tell people it's because it's, it's no, and that's the, that's, I think is the biggest appeal for me with Twitch. The way people talk about Twitch now is the way people talk about podcasting between 2005 and 2006 and 2007 right. and 2008. It is the exact same thing. You have a knack, man. You always find the stuff early. You're such a pioneer in everything you do, dude. Well, I will say this though. I am not a pioneer when it comes to Twitch. I, it, the way I describe it was when I wrote Twitch for Dummies, I was at the feet of giants. I got a chance to talk to Dr. Lupo. I got a chance to talk to a wonderful streamer named Lulu. I got a chance to talk to people like ZG Photo. I talked to streamers that have been doing this a lot longer and they were the real pioneer. When did it start? Twitch went online, I believe it was in 2012 when it broke away from Justin TV. Okay. Twitch is not as old as podcasting, but like I said, I'm hearing the exact same things. Oh, the community of streamers is awesome. They're all giving and they'll tell you how to do this and tell you how to do that. They're just giving of their time and the community is so supportive. And I'm like, I heard all of this back in the early days of podcasting. So I'm the first one to say, I am not a pioneer. If I did anything, the only thing I did was I wrote a book on how to stream when nobody else did. Because when you look up books on how to stream, it's about how to make money, how to make money playing video games, how to make money gaming. That is not my book. Twitch for Dummies is how to stream full stop. And I tell people point blank, these are not just my experiences. These are experiences of people who have been doing this longer than me. And I've learned from them. And now I'm going to try to teach you how to do it. How active is the podcast community? Would you say current state where they're using Twitch as a platform for their podcast like you are? Now, I would say that as a podcaster, yes, I am a pioneer because I don't know a lot of podcasters that have gone to Twitch. And when I find out that they're on Twitch, it's usually after I've been there. Case in point, my buddy, Scott Sigler, he's starting to stream on Twitch and I'm like, I'm here first.
And <laughs> and there are other podcasters that are like, oh, what? So so what is this whole podcasting live? And you know, and they're starting to discover something that I figured out a couple of years ago. And that I started to write about in podcasting for dummies, and and I was even mentioning in Twitch for dummies. I think there is a connection between podcasting and streaming. I think there is a connection that podcasters should be taking close attention to. They should be paying close attention to it and how it can work with them. Where it gets, I think, a little intimidating is the live factor of it. You've recorded stuff in a podcast and you go back and you're listening to it just to clean it up. And you're like, oh, we really went on a tangent here. Maybe we should cut that out. Or, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. It's kind of inappropriate. So you take that out. But once it goes live, once it goes live on Twitch, it's out there. So now you're, you're thinking, I have a live audience watching me. And that's usually the, the, the big mistake that some people make whenever they're blogging, whenever they're podcasting, whenever they're streaming, they think, well, no one's going to find me. I don't have to worry about this so I can be as frank and as blunt as I can be. And that's usually when things blow up in your face. Now, you asked me earlier, though, you said you talk about how do you get started? Well, one of the first things that I tell people when you get started in streaming is the same thing in podcasting. Again, in those early years, people were saying podcast everything. Don't edit it. Leave it raw. Just share everything. And even in the early days of social media, they said the same thing. Nothing's off limits. Share everything. And I'm the first, I was the one of the first voices in this, in this community to say, it's okay to keep things close to the vest. It's okay to, because now you're hearing people go, well, you should have parameters. And I'm like, look, I've been saying that for years. You should always have a line where you say, I'm not crossing this line. And the reason you, you should have that line is that if you are constantly sharing your, your world, and there are some streamers that do that, they share every aspect of their lives. You can run into a real minefield and you start to lose your sense of self. There's Team Morris, the podcaster. There's Team Morris, the, the streamer. But I'm the first one to say there, there are some sides of me that are only reserved for friends and family. And while I consider my community great people, there are very few people that I bring into that inner circle. And that's where I've heard a lot of, and some streamers are coming to grips with this and they're going, yeah, it is a zero sum game. It's a, it, it can sometimes be a zero sum game because you're sharing and you're sharing. And then suddenly people are, there have been people that are saying, you know what? I'm tapping out of streaming. I don't know how long, but the thing is, I don't know who I am anymore. And that may seem like a very deep thing, but podcasting is the same way. There were a couple of episodes in my early years as a podcaster. I went straight from the heart and I went back and listened to it. And I said, this is a disaster waiting to happen. I never dropped them. I never made them live because I knew if I did, it would be a problem. It would be an issue. And I'm like, this is the line that I'm not going to cross. And so, yeah, I do think you should have boundaries because actors have boundaries. Musicians have boundaries. Everybody has that line where they're like, I will share, I will be more than happy to share my passions with you, but there's a line where I won't cross. And that's where you as the individual, you as the podcaster, you as the content creator, that's the new buzzword, content creator. You as the content creator have to decide where's that limit. And then from there, you now know what parameters you can work in. Really interesting to hear what you said about going back and listening to something that you've recorded where you shared something that you've realized you've crossed the line. Right. And now you're seeing in the Twitch community and the streaming community that people somehow are feeling in some cases that they've crossed the line as well. When you look at the community and you said that you're a pioneer from a podcaster standpoint of, of moving into this 
platform. But there are a lot of podcasters out there who I think could have some interest and maybe should. And I love the suggestion to listen and just see what's out there right now. Right, 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 right. Aside from that, what else should they be doing early on? And Twitch is the platform that you used. How how much do you explore in your book uh, in podcasting version four about what you do with Twitch? And then what else do you explore in the realm of live streaming podcasting? Right. So the podcasting for dummies fourth edition, we talk about streaming from a Twitch perspective, mainly because no surprise here, they want to do some cross promotion. So they're like, we're focusing on Twitch because we want to go on ahead and uh, promote Twitch for dummies. If If this sounds like something you want to do, then here's a book ready and ready to go. As far as the other options you have, I mean, you've got Twitch, you have YouTube, you have Facebook live. Those are the big three. And on those big three, you have to find, figure out where your audience is. There are people, there are streamers who I'll give a, a perfectly good example. There was a real upheaval last year, last month, last year, August, 2019, when Ninja, the guy's name is Ninja. He has been called by ESPN, America's best esport athlete. And if you don't think esports is a thing, get off my lawn because I'm here to tell you it's a big thing. It's a multi billion dollar industry. And Ninja is at the top. He is at the top of that of that heap. Interesting. He left Twitch where he started and he was the first person to get a million followers. Then he got a million subscribers and there's people that are paying to watch Ninja play video games. And then one day he came out and he said, I'm leaving Twitch and I'm going to Mixer. People said, this is the death knell of Twitch. There were quite a few people that left Twitch for Mixer because that's where they thought their audience was. Fast forward to this spring and out of the blue, Microsoft announces we're shutting down Mixer. And Facebook said, we would welcome streamers and honor their partnerships. Because when you partner, that's like a top tier. You get a few more extra bells and whistles. It's a goal for me at Twitch. Facebook said, we would welcome people. To, we will honor that and all this stuff. A lot of streamers said, no, thank you. Part of that was because of the reputation of Facebook. But another part of it was, we don't think our audience is there. And Ninja said, I'm going back to Twitch. Which I think spoke a lot of volumes for his options. Because he had options. He had Facebook. He could have gone YouTube, but he said, I'm going back to Twitch because he knows his audience is there. And at least that's my theory. That's my theory. There could have been some things happening in the background that I don't know about, but, and probably were, but I'm sure that part of it was, yeah, I know my audience is at Twitch. They may not be at Facebook. Maybe I'll just go ahead. Now, granted, Ninja is big enough where wherever he went, his audience would go. But there was a real thought at one point that when he left Twitch for Mixer, it was the end of Mixer. It was the furthest thing from it. It was just with his audience there. You have to decide where do you want your audience to be? Do you want it to be at, at Twitch? Do you want it to be at Facebook? Do you want it at YouTube? I mean, when you find your niche, that's where you're the most comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. They all operate in the same vein. They all operate in the same vein. And actually, Twitch had to get caught up with Facebook. And now you can actually stream from your phone, which I've done before. This type of in real life streams can be really fun. They can be a lot. They can be an absolute blast. The reason I stress to people is that you want to watch people stream first is you want to see what goes into it. And much like podcasting, you don't have to start off with the top of the line camera, the top of the line microphone, the top of the line headphones. 
you can start off simple. I started off with the camera, the, the proprietary camera for a PS4 and a $30 headset, $30 gaming headset. And I streamed from my couch. In Twitch for Dummies, there is a picture of me on my couch playing a video game. And I basically say, this is what is known as couch casting. What year was this? This was 2018, 2018. And that's where I started. And now I have the gamer chair. I've got the, I got the Vish setup. I got the gaming PC. I'm now working with Streamlabs. I have templates that have things like, it was a bad invest for the vendors. They might've gotten their name mentioned, but the thing is, it's also a bad investment for you if you pay for this stuff, because you're going to have all this equipment. And if you suddenly find out, wow, I really don't like this, then you're stuck with all this equipment. Yeah. And that's why I tell people the same thing about streaming, the same thing I do about podcasting. Start small, start simply and slowly work your way into it. Try out a show on a couple of Logitech $25 webcams. See how that goes. If you like it, upgrade your cameras. You can try doing your podcast from that way. I mean, but don't sink hundreds or thousands of dollars into the perfect streaming studio because you may discover this is not your bag. Great advice. I mean, knowing that the audience, their podcasters, the people that want to improve their podcast, right. some ideas, some suggestions, some tips, some strategies. Do you have a sense? I would honestly say if we're talking about what are you going to get out of the book, do we talk about setup? Do we talk about ways of reducing ambient noise to where you got a really solid noise floor, not necessarily zero, but as close to studio quality as possible? Little tactics like that. I think that would be beneficial to the audience. If you want to touch on social media, like what are the fronts that you should be you should be targeting? Because I don't think necessarily carpet bombing all social media fronts is not necessarily the smartest way to go. But mm. What's great about streaming is streaming is what podcasting wanted to be in 2005. Streaming is podcasting with a live audience. So you're taking questions in real time and you're taking comments in real time. There were services in 2006, 2007 that came out that promised that and it never took off. Yeah. With the exception of maybe live stream, but even live stream in 2006, 2007 was really hard to pull off. And the only people that were pulling it off were companies that were investing six, seven figures into just streaming a live event, which would be unheard of now because literally you could stream a live event from your phone. Yeah. Now isn't that crazy? it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy pants. But what's great about streaming and what, what we write about in the fourth edition, it's because it's funny. I can also mention this in the third edition. I made it very clear. I drew a line in the sand and said, and, and it was a hard line. It was a deep line that said, if you're streaming a podcast, you are still not podcasting. And now we're like, well, we've kind of backed off on that. And we're like, no, streaming is actually part of the podcasting workflow. Yeah. And what I mean by that being the next step is that, okay, so you've been podcasting and you feel like you're in a vacuum. Well, if you want to have that interaction with live audience, here's how you do it. And to give you an insight of what I do, what I do is that I'll get the guys on. And currently we do it this way. We get, we get on Discord and I basically stream the feed from discord onto Twitch. Mm -hmm. And so what people see when they come in is they see a four up screen or three up screen of, of those of us in the, um, in the, in the podcast, or I will actually do a custom background and it'll be me and my wife Pip and we'll do our writing podcast in studio. She has a camera. I have a camera. She's got a mic. I got a mic. And, and what OBS does is basically turn your, your computer into a, into a fully working studio where you work and you set mic. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm like, why more podcasters are not jumping on this bandwagon? It's ridiculous because 
you start podcasting, you start getting an audience. And if they, if they really get into your, your, your content, the questions will start flowing. Now, that's something else we have to talk about too, is that when you start streaming, your audience may not be there straight away, but if you've got a huge following, you just tell them, look, you can come on Twitch and you can interact with me or go on YouTube. You can interact with me. There might be important. Yeah. And that's, there's going to be a slight learning curve, but once you find that groove, it's just real easy. I mean, you, and what's great about it too, is if you've got recording software, built in, then basically you make a recording of your, you make the recording of the podcast just as you normally would. You would record it. Everything would be smooth. But then if something goes wrong, because it does and it will, and you might lose that recording automatically with the stream, you have a backup recording happening. Okay. That's good. So there's a lot of stuff that I have discovered by streaming that makes me go, I should have been doing this years ago as a podcaster. So I totally get having a simple setup, especially in the beginning, not overcomplicating it because let's face it, it's easy to throw a whole bunch of money into something and then realize that you bought the wrong thing or you're decided not to do it. And let's also face it that things change. So what is your advice though? I mean, you've really gotten deep into the weeds with streaming and I know in your last edition of podcasting for dummies you drew a line in the sand maybe you could, line maybe you could talk about, line. yeah maybe you could talk a little bit about that like why did, wh- when i say that what am i talking about i won't lie it was the marianas trench of lines in the sand okay it was deep i mean the titanic was down there that's how deep it was and where it came from was i was getting into streaming as a viewer not necessarily as a participant but as a viewer and i was hearing people go oh yeah we recorded a podcast over the weekend i said oh cool where's the RSS feed? And they're like, what's that? And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm twitching. And you know, it's, it's that, it's that Herbert Lom from the old pink Panther movies with the twitching eye going, what do you mean? You don't have an RSS feed. And they're like, we don't need an RSS. It's on YouTube. And I'm like, Arr! and so, but with blessing and the additional notes of my partner, Chuck Tomasi, we wrote an entire sidebar that said, is it a podcast? Not yet. And we went off on saying, look, streaming is a great thing. It's a lot of fun. If there's no RSS feed, it's not a podcast. And we re- we just drew a hard line. And a year later, I regretted that because mm-hmm. by that time I'd started streaming and I started seeing that podcasting on a whole had evolved because yeah, at one time you couldn't get a podcast unless you had the RSS feed. You Mm -hmm. had to have that Azure distribution method, but now you've got distribution through YouTube. You've got distribution through Twitch. You've got distribution through Spotify now. Now, granted, Spotify does need the RSS feed to work, but the whole definition of podcasting started to get real gray. So in the fourth edition, we made it clear. Here is what we are defining as a podcast. It is media that is delivered through an RSS feed. And we took that sidebar out completely. We just took it out completely about, is it a podcast yet? Not yet. And what we did was that we revamped the video podcasting chapter to become the chapter on streaming. Okay. And it was essential that we did that because video podcasting, while a lot of people do it, it never really took off. Because the problem with video podcasting, and we say this in in the fourth edition, is you're trying to distribute through RSS feed massive files. I mean, they're freaking huge. And some places like Spotify do not recognize video podcasts. They're like audio files only. And that was- Unless you're Joe Rogan. Unless you're Joe Rogan. 
<laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to try to avoid that that bullet like 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 Keanu in the Matrix. I don't want to go down the I don't want to go down the Rogan path. But yes, if you're Joe Rogan, there is an exception. However, most of us not at the Joe Rogan level, we're told it's audio only. But with streaming, it's a different venue, it's a different platform, but it's still I double down and I say this, it's essential it should be an essential in your podcasting workflow. And not only did I come around to that, so did my buddy Chuck. Chuck Tomasi's was like, he started streaming because I started streaming. And then he was streaming some, he does his show on Facebook Live, but he also does another show on Twitch. Chuck and I were like, we, we it, it was hard for us because we've been involved with podcasting since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we were those old men shaking our fists at a cloud. And then we said, we got to loosen up on this. So yeah, streaming really opened up my eyes to how podcasting has evolved. Uh, not just beyond that point of how people perceive it, but what is defined as a podcast. And I still define a podcast as if you got an RSS feed, yes, you're podcasting. But some people just look at streaming as another way to podcast. And I'm like, well, that's true. But for me, it is a it is part of my workflow now. And it's made my life so much easier. When I stream, when I podcast, it's because I got heart. And and it's because I want to be there. And that's why I do cooking streams. That's why I do Twitch dad streams where I, I just talk like the internet father for everybody, the internet father figure for everybody. I do that because it's something I enjoy doing. And the audience enjoys it as well because they see how much fun I'm having. And the minute I stop having fun podcasting or streaming, that's when I say, okay, I've, I've, I've got to move on to something else, but I got news for you. I got news for you. I've been podcasting for 15 years. I am one of very few people that can say that. And I say it very proudly. I've been podcasting for 15 years. I've been streaming for just recently three years and I have no signs of stopping because the passion is there. That's my parting blow for you guys. The parting shot is have your heart into it because if you don't, your audience is going to pick up on that straight away. That's it. They will know. They will, they will know. know. And, and I, I couldn't have said it better. It, it is about the passion. It's about the heart of which you have so much heart. It's been an absolute joy to get to know you and to learn from you and to just be a part of your journey. I'm super humbled that you took the time to share so many different facets of what has helped you and what's inspired you and what you've been passionate about. I mean, people listening, I know, feel your passion. So for anyone wanting to get more of T, you could find him at tmorris.com. You could find him on Twitter, tmonster. You can find him on Facebook as T Morris, Instagram, the T monster, the T monster. Twitch is also the T monster on Twitch. So that's twitch.tv forward slash the T monster. What am I missing? And of course books. So, I mean, like literally how many books, how many books do you even know how many books you've written? Like what number? I stopped counting after 10. I think I'm up to 20. You basically do a search for my name and on amazon.com. That's the plug bell, by the way. And on Amazon, you can find me with the For Dummies people, Twitch For Dummies, Podcasting For Dummies, Discord For Dummies. There's the uh, Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences series that I write with my wife, Pip. We are ha- we have six books in the original series. We've, we're working on book three of the spinoff series. So again, you can find all that under my name, and that's where you find me under books. And of course, once I get the blogging back into my uh, regular schedule, uh, there's always my blog, tmorris.com 
where you can reach all of these different links. I'm so honored that you took the time, share your journey and to share the different things that have happened throughout the wild ride that you've been on. I'm grateful, my friend, and I'm just really glad that we have our new friendship. And I can tell you that it's just the beginning. T. Morris, thanks for being on For the Love of Podcasts. I appreciate it, Billy. Thank you. Stop. Don't leave yet. If you made it this far, please listen for just one more minute because I have something to tell you. I can't tell you how much it means that you took the time to listen, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. So what do I want to tell you? I want to let you know that I'm here to serve you. If you have suggestions, ideas, possible guests, show topics, anything you'd like me to cover on future episodes, please let me know by sending feedback to for the love of podcast forward slash feedback. I want this to be a two-way street, not just me talking. I want to know what you want from this show. Ultimately, you will help decide what this show is and how it best serves you to make better podcasts. If you like this show, let me be blunt. The best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platforms. This is so important and it will help so much, especially during these early days as the show gets started. One more ask please consider sharing this show with your friends on social media to help spread the word. All right, that's it. Until next time, please remember everything we do, we do it for the love of podcasts.